Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge Boudreaux, joined again with Shelly Billinghurst. How's it going, Shelly? So, oh, it's going great, Serge. I've got the giggles. Something has just hit my funny bones so hard. So I'm trying to pull myself together here. But if uh, the audience knew what we were talking about before no. we got on air, it involved dicks <laughs> and gag reflex. Oh, so let's let's just stop there. Oh, no. It's bad. It's bad. So yes, uh, private message, either one of us, if you want more information. Yes, please do. <laughs> Shelly, I have big news this week. I know. Maybe that's why I'm so giggly this morning is <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I can't stop smiling. Share with the audience. What's our big news? There's big news for Recruitment Flex, but there's big news for me as oh, well. So what are you going to start with? I'm going to start with mine. Oh, so, Okay. I am officially going to retire from recruitment four years from now because I am going to run for city council. So for listeners around the world, Calgary is where we're based. It's a city around 2 million. Is it 2 million? No, no, no. Million five, maybe. Million five. Okay. Million five. Nestle in the Rocky Mountains. Beautiful place. But I've always wanted to run for office. I am getting older. Um, Not getting- Incredible. I'm getting more credible, more gray. Yes. I want to officially announce that I will be running for city council in 2025. And this is going to be the roadmap to eventually being mayor, then mm-hmm. premier of a province, Probably, then yeah. prime minister. So at one okay. particular point, you can say I was listening to the prime minister of Canada on this <laughs> when recruitment he was podcast. Oh, my God. You know what Just I just thought of, though, Serge? What? Oh, my God. Is there any way to erase all of the dumbass things you've said on the recruitment flex? (laughs) Because they're going to use it against you. Once you're running for prime minister, they're going to play back these little sound bites of you talking about (laughs) and gagging. It could be worse. Like it really could be worse. Uh, So should I do it, Shelly? Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? I've already got it all planned out. I haven't even asked you, are you going to be my campaign manager? Uh, You don't have to ask. I've already started planning. Like I've got this vision. I've got a slogan in mind. I'm also trying to think of what the political landscape may be like in four years, but it'll be perfect for, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, your little French Canadian accent is just so charming. People will just gobble that right up. That's a question for you. Am I going to have to change my name? Because Calgary is a very English city and a lot of people would think that... um... Oh, no, 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 no. I think um, just the opposite. If there was such thing as a phone book, you would actually find very few English names. It's. I think we've got a super diverse city, super diverse. Yeah. So what do you think about this for a slogan? Because I know Serge really well and Serge is a bit of a penny pincher. So when he goes for city council, his slogan is going to be the cheapest councillor of Calgary. The cheapest council. Well, is that the play? Is that the play <laughs> that I want to be the cheapest? So we're gonna have well, to strategize. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, we'll have. We've to got strategy. a lot yeah, of yeah, time. Yeah. So I know. You know what? Four years it goes by really quick. Look, I'm serious about this. I'm not joking. I'm really. Oh, I'm serious. not joking either. Okay, perfect. Oh yeah. No, so I'm the, in. I'm in. The utter news. Mm-hmm. Drum roll, please. Uh, yeah. Would we were ranked the number twelve recruitment podcast on the planet. So last year we weren't even on the list. We yep. are now up to 12. 
Next year, we're going to be number one. So this was uh, True Feed Spot, which measures audience engagement, right. downloads, social media activity, and they put all the information together and they rank it. I do think we are higher than 12, though. I think we're definitely in the top five. And if we are not right now, we will be before the end of the year. Yes. But that's yes. a great accomplishment it for is. now, Shelly. So thank you for being on this journey with me. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other that was so uh, politely pointed out by one of our big fans, followers, and who's also been on the show with us a couple of times, Will pointed out that in the top 12, there are only three women and I am one of them in the top 12. Globally, something to be said about having maybe a, a girl on the show. I don't know. No, um, you, well, you you keep me in line. Uh, you keep everything. <laughs> I try uh, flowing, so we don't talk about chocolate things. And so, interestingly enough, today's show seems to be all about. Do you remember the old song? Now you're too young for this, but there was a song called "It's Raining Men." Yes, isn't that yeah. RuPaul? No, it's not RuPaul's Drag Race. No, RuPaul no, no. released that song like 15 years ago. Re-release. Someone sang it before? No. Someone sang it before him. Oh, okay. Uh, you're right. A lot of our show is really focused on men and it wasn't intentional. We get to pick the topics. Oh, we do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive in. Go yeah. On. Let me talk about our first recruitment insights. I want to talk about, it's a trend. What we're seeing right now is a lot of men are opting out of college. And I'm really curious mm-hmm. to see what that means for the future of the workforce. To give you an idea, enrollment at universities declined 2.5% last year, which probably expected with COVID everything going on, but yeah. the decline is seven times more with men than women. Also, What they're expecting is within 10 years, college will graduate double as many women as men. A couple of things that are interesting. Um, Men are way more likely to enter skilled trades. Right now, women only make 4% of the workforce when it comes Mm -hmm. to skilled trades compared to 96% for men. I'm not surprised. And I think that's been a trend for a really long time. But we're in a really weird spot that men are trying to figure out what to do. Do they want to go in skilled trades? Because we need builders. That's never going to change. Is university the right learning environment for them? A lot of men get into roles like sales that necessarily a lot of the best salespeople I've ever worked with never went to college. Shelly, give me your thoughts. It's a really broad subject, but it's interesting that we're seeing a lot less men enter universities and colleges. Yeah. Do you know, I'm not surprised. And I think I'm reminded often of something you've talked about a lot. And that is to take four years out of your life to be learning things that really the the pace of change um, in the world, in technology, even I think of the years that I've watched new grads come out of engineering with a four-year degree. And the economy crashed the year they graduated, right? Mm. How many times does anyone need to see or experience that before they start going, we need to rethink this. You finish high school, you go on to university and not surprisingly, I think men are starting to realize that, wait a minute, I'm going to come out the other end. Now this is maybe not just American university, but certainly Canadian university for years. If you are going to school out of province or not in your home city, you're looking at $100,000. Now, if your parents have been really good savers, 
you're okay. But to come out and be in debt for $100,000 and what you learned in year one and year two is completely irrelevant. And there's no way to know what the market will be. What COVID's shown us is the world can change in a blink. So I think about some of the men who are influencers on other young men that would be Gen Z, right? Because it would be Gen Z that would be graduating high school and going into university. Now we're seeing a huge trend that they're not going into university. Do you know who John Mulaney is? The comedian? Yes. Yeah. So he's a SNL writer, but he does this bit. And I think it was Comeback Kid, one of his comedy tours, where he talks about you come out of university, you're $100,000 in debt. And there he is a comedian. He was a writer on SNL. Nothing he learned, he was able to apply. And as soon as you graduate, alumni start calling you, asking you for donations. And he says, Mm -hmm. what did you do with the hundred grand I just gave you? Because it's useless. It makes sense that more women, this generation, Gen Z of women are going into post-secondary because maybe unknown to a lot of people, it wasn't until maybe the early seventies that women were even accepted into Ivy league schools. Mm. Did you know that Harvard did not accept women until 1971? I did not know that. Yeah. There has been uh, a lot of universities that hadn't in the past accepted women. And some of them didn't catch up until the late seventies, even accepting women to the school. So makes sense that, that now there is that opportunity for women to go. So if you look at the type of occupations, men are, are very dominant in as far as the numbers. So mm-hmm. software developers is one that is very much in demand. And this is changing. There's definitely the dynamic of, Men and women is changing, but very male focus. Right. Uh, and you don't necessarily need a university degree at all. Some of the best software developers figured it out on their own. But the other factor that we're seeing, and I think the whole educational system is ready for a massive shakeup. We talk about $100,000 in a year in Canada. It's 200000 in the U.S. Is oh, easily. Is that sustainable? Then we're seeing companies mm-hmm. like Google with some really good training courses for, mm-hmm. say, UX designers, which is in demand. So six months, you learn to be a UX designer. Maybe you go work at a couple of entry-level UX designer jobs, yes. become really good. Suddenly, in five, 10 years, you're making as much as someone that came out of university that it's taken them five to 10 years after university to get to the same level as you. So I think it's shaking up. I think we're going to see a lot of companies similar to Google come up with credentialized courses Mm -hmm. that people can take. They're basically building their own talent pipelines with these courses, which I think is brilliant. The other thing we think about, men have generally worked in types of industries that are more susceptible to be automated. You think about manufacturing A lot of it is being automated. It has been automated for years. So men are trying to figure out what's going on in the world. And you have two sons that are in university Mm -hmm. or getting out of university. And you have a daughter that will be going to university. For your sons coming out of university, what do you think the world awaits for them as far as jobs? So here's the thing. I have always said that if you want a job, go to tech school. Two years, get out, and you can get a job. And I've always believed you go to university to get an education, not to get a job. 
So that's what's so frustrating. I even looked, you're right, Brooklyn's going to go to university next year. So they're sending all these um, like really glossy brochures and information home about different universities to consider. And what I found really hard to believe is I was reading this pamphlet that said something like 97% employment rate of graduates. Okay, so maybe that is true that 97% have jobs and 30% of those are actually in the field in which they studied. (laughs) They don't go so far as to say you actually got a job in your field of study. Because when you look at a Bachelor of Arts degree, which is the largest group in our local university, Bachelor of Arts has the greatest number of graduates. Tell me what you're going to do with a Bachelor of Arts degree in history. What are you going to do for a living? That won't get you a job. So the idea of getting an education and having that experience and higher learning, I mean, I don't think you can ever take that away from anybody, but a lifelong learner, like I look at someone like you and your tendency is to never stop learning, which is a wonderful characteristic to have. And I think when we look at, is it the Gen Z or maybe a millennial men, maybe they are beginning to figure out that I can do these micro learnings and get real world experience, whether it was trades, because trade school is till four years to get a a journeyman. And it's a lot of work and you've got to be extremely bright to to get a a journeyman electrician or any of those. When I look at my sons, I've never seen that what they were doing was going to directly lead to you will get out of university and get a job in your chosen field. Yes. And we talk about that. That's the argument as far as go to university, you learn about life. I'm like, you know, what's a lot cheaper. Go to Europe for six months, go to South America <laughs> for six months. Boom. Yeah. You'll know more about life than anyone that's gone to university for four years. So yeah, not a bad thing. I, I just think the landscape is changing. Mm-hmm. Put in perspective of going to university, going to college, I, it's a privilege. A lot of people that come from Absolutely. certain backgrounds just don't have that opportunity and that hasn't changed. So we talk a lot about diversity, inclusion. What about those people that can't go to university? And then the minute you put in a job posting needs university, you're putting that group in a really tough position and you're putting them at a disadvantage. So for talent acquisition professionals, what we have to be very conscious of is the pace of change is happening with technology every 18 months. So constant micro learning and upgrading your skills is way more important, in my opinion, than a four-year university degree that you took 20 years ago and you haven't done anything since. I will take that person that has a Udemy course six months ago on how to write a proper proposal mm-hmm. rather than someone that took Bachelor of Arts history <laughs> 20 years ago. They're nothing very good at writing papers, but they couldn't write a proposal to save their life. There's yeah, nothing wrong sure. with that. Yeah. But if we look at skill sets that are needed in the market right now, those micro learners, I think, are critical. Absolutely. So, you know, this really dovetails nice into the next topic. And Hung Lee shared on LinkedIn what's happening over in in UK right now when it comes to drivers, truck drivers. These are drivers who deliver petrol 
to the petrol stations. And also I believe home heating oil falls into that, but they're tankers, right? These are not like little delivery trucks. And right now it's gotten to the point that the government has gotten involved and they are now thinking to bring in people from the armed forces to drive petrol delivery trucks in the UK. That's how bad things have gotten. Now, there's a lot of excuses. I think there's a lot of finger pointing. Is it COVID? Is it Brexit? Is it the drivers are just aged out? Like there's a lot of finger pointing and blame going on. It's the economy. You know, it's a job that only men want. But I I think that the best explanation I read was almost like a direct testimonial from someone who had been in the trucking industry in the UK for 35 years and is now an advocate for the industry. And so when I read that, it was just like, okay, this is what makes real sense. So when COVID hit, shipments around the world came to a a screeching halt. So what happened? They furloughed drivers. So you give someone the opportunity to step back and go, I don't think I ever want to do that again. And I think a lot of people have just simply left the industry. The number of drivers who have just said, no, I don't want that lifestyle anymore. They have decided to do something else. Average age, 46 years old. Imagine that to be 46 and the the world closing down and and halting to say, I don't want to do that. The other great thing that he pointed out was that, and, and I know this from having spoken to employers across Canada here, struggling to find drivers because their drivers during COVID, like supplying grocery stores, like food suppliers, that sort of thing, their drivers would pull up to the grocery store. And because of COVID, they wouldn't let the driver use the bathroom. Where do you think you're going to park a semi truck if you're delivering food and food related items in the greater Toronto area? So imagine you can't even take a shit. Like you're expected to work a 10 hour day, even places where you would normally be able to have a bathroom break, they wouldn't let you in because of COVID. So how long do you think it will take before you step back and go, fuck this noise, throw as much money as you want at me. If I can't even use the bathroom, right? there's nowhere to pull over. The next truck stop is 30 miles off my route and they've got me on GPS. They know if I'm pulling off the road, where am I supposed to pee? Never mind, get a decent meal. If, if they eat at all during their shift, because I think a lot of drivers, if you really start listening to the life of a truck driver and what it was romantically when there was great rest stops and fresh meals and clean showers that doesn't exist anymore no the world has changed dramatically when it comes to drivers the reasons for someone to get in driving are less and less there's a lot more roadblocks to them there's less incentive so there's long haul there's a short haul type drivers it's a way tougher to make money than it was even 5 10 15 years ago which is it's mind blowing because there's been such a demand for drivers for the last 10 years and even in the last couple of years I don't have a solution for this because you're right. The average age, let's say 46. Yeah, 46 to 48, I think. Yeah, so around that age. And we know that for a fact because we both work with companies that we've done the analysis on what the average age. And I've worked with a company, the average age was 54. I was referring to those that are leaving the industry. Oh, leaving. Okay. Yeah, those that are leaving for uh, reasons other than going to drive for somebody else. They're just not going to drive anymore. Long haul or short haul. So are you saying that they're leaving at that age? They're leaving at 48? 
that is, I believe the trend. Yes. The trend, they, yeah. they, these are not uh, people who have just gotten into driving as a profession, yeah. truck driving as a profession, and they've only been doing it for five years. Those that are leaving and saying, never again, am I going to do that to myself? Well, never. I completely agree. What we're seeing though is drivers in general have been older. There's been a lot less True, young yeah. people getting in the industry. And there's a couple of reasons for that is the money is not as good as it used to be. They can go do another job and be as well compensated, if not more, and be home every night, work regular shifts. So that makes a lot more sense for a young man starting a family, young women. And the other things is a lot of these guys that are managed by older guys, and I've seen it firsthand, it's they treat you like fucking dirt when you start as a driver. And the generation is not taking that as well as the previous generations are. And they're like, screw this. I'll go do something else. The only solution to this, and I thought we'd already be here, especially in the long haul, is automated drivers. I think that is really the only way that we're going to be in a position that we can fill these drivers' roles five, 10 years from now is, is all about automation and having those self-driving vehicles. I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea because it's for long haul, that's certainly uh, obviously a logical solution. But the last mile, the final mile delivery is still going to be a problem. Even if you're home every night, the fact is you leave the house at seven, you get home at seven o'clock or even five o'clock, but you get no break. There's yeah. nowhere to go to the bathroom. You don't get to eat a hot meal. You don't want to drink anything all day because you got nowhere to go to the bathroom. So yes, is there answers? Yeah. Treat people like human beings. If we look at that particular sector and if you're recruitment drivers right now and how you can differentiate yourself, I think you nailed it. Treat people like real people. Try to find solutions for those people and pay them at a rate that actually makes sense for them because everyone is competing for exactly the same talent. And what we're seeing in that industry is they're literally leaving for 25, 50 cent more. What can you do that's not 25 or 50 cents more is actually a better way of life, more schedules, better benefits. Actually, this dovetails into the service industry, which we all know the service industry is going through some pains. And I saw something this week, and I think this will be talked on several other podcasts, different mm -hmm. articles, but we had to talk about it because I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. So Pizza Hut. You remember Pizza Hut? Yes, of course. Like when my kids were little, Pizza Hut was like, oh, it was a big treat. I yeah. can honestly say I have not eaten there in 15 years. Oh, it's got to be 15, 20 years for myself. I, I guess they're probably more dominant in the US than they are in Canada. Before the end of 2021, they're looking to hire 40,000 people. And you must think when you hear that, to be like, oh, they've got a plan. They've got a strategy. They're going to increase pay. They're going to give medical. <laughs> no, 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 they don't. And, and that's interesting because Chipotle has their average earnings at $15 an hour, which was an increase. Have you ever been to Chipotle? We don't have any in Canada. I no, think. not yet. Not yet. Okay. No, I've no. been in the US, so I, I think you enjoy it. And McDonald's, their wage has gone up. They're averaging 10%. So they're doing something. But what's interesting is the wages are a critical element for people to come work in this industry, but it's not the most important. There's two elements that the workers are telling these franchisees, these different brands is 
especially in the U.S., is what about healthcare? What about medical benefits? And Childcare benefits, yeah. And the other one is childcare. Yeah. I do want to point out, I love our U.S. neighbors. I think U.S. is a fantastic country. But tying healthcare to a job is the stupidest thing that you could ever do, in my opinion. It's really, it's sad. And mm-hmm. don't give me the story that you pay more tax or whatever the case. I think everyone has the right to healthcare. And especially in the U.S. that really you're giving all the powers to the employers if mm-hmm. you're tying healthcare to a job. But anyways, that's a different story. I think we'll need to have an episode on that. But childcare. Is Pizza Hut doing all of that? Are they increasing wage? Are they giving healthcare? Are they giving childcare? No, no, they're not doing that. Don't, don't go crazy. They have no announced wage hike. What they're doing is they're having a job fair. A virtual career yes. fair. No, not even a job fair. It's a career development conference. Imagine. Imagine, okay. Oh, and okay. this is what they're going to have there. Oh, so my God. They are going to have a top chef contestant. They're going to have motivational speakers, mm-hmm. and they're going to get some of their Pizza Hut executives to talk to the people. Those job seekers are so fortunate to be able Imagine. to be invited to this particular event. And they're listing their benefits that they're going to be offering. And yeah. like, don't get blown away here. So... <laughs> They get access to some type of program called Life Unbox EDU, which is an educational program. So not like a scholarship to college or anything like that. It's this online learning platform. I don't know what it is, but my assumption is something like Udemy or something like that. Yeah. And career path planning is part of their benefits as well. And also, they'll get recognition through programs like the Pizza Hut Proud Award. So those are the benefits they have listed. So they are expecting people to join this virtual career fair. No new benefits, like just bullshit. It's an insult to even put those as benefits. And even on top of that, you know what they've been doing? is they've been getting some of their employees to go put five stars reviews on Glassdoor. So what's your overall (laughs) take on this? So this uh, event went down on September 29th. And yeah, I think everyone's looking around to see, did they actually hire 40,000 people? Are you kidding me? Because the other big thing that you touched on as well, like Chipotle pays, they have been very public to say $15 an hour for servers, for staff, and then managers, $20 an hour. Pizza Hut, according to Payscale, pays an average of $8.78 an hour. I don't know who's just not listening at the Yum! brands that you should be ashamed of yourselves. Like what this would have cost to put on this event and all these speakers. And it's become, quite frankly, I think they should be ashamed of themselves to pay anyone $8.78 an hour. Is Pizza Hut, is it a franchise? Did you read um, so Yum Brands owns yeah. them, but I don't know if they are. I think they uh, are. They're all corporately owned or franchisee owned. Yeah, if we talk in general about 
these franchise type programs is the challenge with increasing the wages, your margins are so tight. You are making way less money than you are even working a standard job. So is the franchise model part of the challenge when it comes to the wages in the service industry? You're paying someone $8.75 and suddenly you bump them up to $15, which is what Chipotle is paying. Is your business now drowning? Can you actually mm-hmm. make ends meet? So I'm not saying- Do you actually meets. have a business. <laughs> yeah, do you have a business? And yeah. really, I'm not blaming the franchisees here. What I'm saying is the corporate guys, the reality of how this business flows is you're going to need to be able to accommodate your franchisees to pay more, give way better benefits until in the US, you are giving healthcare and medical benefits. It's going to be an ongoing struggle because like we've talked about is the whole market has shifted. So people that worked in service are now working maybe in entry level office roles, making more money, getting more consistent shifts. So now how do you attract the younger generation that can make money in different ways that we could never make when we were kids? So a lot of people say, go work your first job, but we all know people that are making money doing different freelance gigs. They've learned how to do basic graphic designs, a little design a logo for someone. I'm just giving you some examples of the world has changed dramatically and how these people attract into these types of business has to change as well. I just Mm -hmm. thought this was such a joke. And we don't know. You're right. It happened September 29th. Mm-hmm. Was it a massive success? Because I looked online to try to find any feedback from that event and I couldn't find any. I don't know if you could. No, uh, couldn't find anything. But as soon as we do, we will. So Shelly, wrapping up, Serge, that was fun. We did talk an awful lot about men and it feels like for me, there's so much emphasis on D, E, and I. That being able to talk about men in general, it seems like we're not allowed to. It feels that way. It's like, why shouldn't we? And and you're right. I've got children that would typically maybe get a job at Pizza Hut. There's no way that they would even do it. And two young men that are in university. And we can't really talk about how they're feeling and what they're dealing with. and, And what's it like to be a young man? in everything that's happening, not just COVID, because that affects everybody, but diversity, equity, and inclusion, we we need to still talk about the young men in society. We can't just put all the emphasis on the girls or on DE&I topics. So I'm glad we talked about this because I do have a lot of young men, obviously, because my boys are young and all their friends. I think there's a sense of almost feeling they're not sure if it's okay to talk about this. So we dedicate this episode to the men in our lives. Yes. And and one of the elements that we have to think about is there's a lot of privilege when it comes to men, especially white males. But we also have to put in perspective that the highest rate of suicides are males and the same for a rate of incarceration. So there's still a lot of work to Mm -hmm. do that. So this was a deeper episode. I think we talked about a lot of interesting topics. Shelly, anything else going on this week for you? No, the market is just so brisk. And it's uh, everywhere I look, people are like, do you know any recruiters? Yes. (laughs) I'm getting messages all day. I'm like, yeah, I do know a lot of recruiters and you need to go find them. Put your recruiter hat on and go recruit your own. So yeah. How about you? 
Not much. Just getting my campaign started for 2025. Okay. I'm I'm with you. I will be your campaign manager. Perfect. Well, have a great weekend, Thank Shelley. You. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.